Outsider is a show that focuses on the experience of the outlier, misconceptions, culture shock, and navigating your 20s as an immigrant and debunking stereotypes. Let's lift the veil. As a black woman, I feel unsafe, unheard, and fading in the background. Let's talk culture, politics, faith, and healing. February 13th, the day before Valentine's, and I'm spending today with my very close friend, Emily Hewitt. I know this is a time people are either mourning a broken relationship or a heartbreak from 20 years ago or first love or whatever, really. And coincidentally, my friend and I decided, you know what, we're going to read love letters today, but it's not going to be anything sad. I think we've both healed from those relationships, so this is going to be fun and healing because that's part of what Outsider is about. What up, Em? What's up, baby boo? Happy Valentine's Day. Shilling, shilling. <laughs> shilling, just shilling. Yeah, shilling. Was, what are you drinking? Uh, I actually made myself a little bit of champagne. I actually made myself a mimosa. But I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a mimosa. It's really just like a glass of champagne with about three drops of orange juice in it. So it's an Emily, it's an Emily mimosa. Okay, it's a Valentine's Day mimosa for a single woman. That's what this is. <laughs> oh, such a cheap ass champagne. But I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I'm enjoying myself. I'm enjoying myself for real. I'll drink to that. I'll drink my very cold hot chocolate. Ooh. <laughs> hot chocolate. We call that chocolate milk here in the states. again. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I'll just basically just walk you into today's conversation. Um, Emily and I have been friends since 2018. Yeah, yeah. 2018. And I, I believe we're like soul sisters. So this is going to be a conversation about romantic relationship, not so much as platonic. But anyway, um, I have been thinking, oh, no, actually, I texted Emily today. And coincidentally, she had been thinking about calling me. So I think um, there was something out there, you know? That's crazy. That had, yeah, right? And I'm, I'm glad I was, I, I mean, I reached out to her because I'd been thinking about getting the show started and talking to her. But I guess today was perfect, you know? God's timing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was wild, man, because I remember I was riding down. Uh, I actually had a busy morning. I was sort of catching up with all my girlfriends and all my friends. And um, as I, as I kind of want to do every weekend, but this weekend is special because we had like a specifically planned Valentine's brunch this morning. Um, and this is, this is February 13th, like Ole said, the day before Valentine's Day. And so, you know, it's a little special brunch where everybody kind of meets up and sees how everyone's doing, looking cute. Um, but it was virtual this year, as you can imagine, with COVID-19. But it just put me in that like sort of sociable mood. And I wouldn't go so far as to say that I was doing my rounds. But I sort of doing my rounds, sort of catching up with my people. I called my best friend Sarai. I called my best friend Cirky. I was having my whole little brunch thing this, this morning. I was like, you know, there's something missing. And I was Ole, duh. Why didn't I think to call Ole? So I actually did think to call Ole. and um, But I, I didn't. I was like, oh, I'm going to wait until tonight because I'm going to go drive tonight because I like to drive Postmates on the weekends. Just, you know, cool little $200. I can't turn that down. Um, so I'm riding down the street, coming back from Aldi, from the grocery store, and lo and behold, this girl, I literally was like, oh, I should call her, but I'm about to go home, I'm about to be home in like four minutes, so I don't have, I know, I won't have enough time because this girl likes to talk, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly, so, anyway, she texts me anyway and was like, girl, dot, 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 and then says something else, just like, really, you know, like, hey, <laughs> I was like, you weirdo, you weirdo. How did how did we telepathically connect this way? So anyway, yes, that all that to say, um, I think Ole and I really are like soul sisters. It's just a little eerie sometimes, and that sometimes happened today. <laughs> true, true, true. So guys, anyway, so I invited M on because I wanted us to actually when when she did call, I told her about a a, a recent healing that I um, encountered. Um, and we got into talking about heartbreak and that sometimes heartbreak begins with our family members. You know, you don't 
you don't see that coming but we tend to think only people from outside boys that we date or men that we date rather are the ones that break our hearts but our fathers are sometimes the ones that set the tone you know you can only choose the perfect type of love or the right kind of love once you've received it or know how it looks and so um i've been single for 5 years now oh <laughs> i'm kidding i haven't but i've wanted to but um that's all to say i've had my fair share of heartbreak but i'm learning now where the root of that heartbreak where the, where that started for me and had i healed the wounds of my past not that they're horrible but i would have been able to make clear decisions you know i i wouldn't have it wouldn't have been so clouded um so yeah i invited em on so we read some of her love letters and a little bit of mine but mostly hers <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely going to read a little bit of yours but i want to go back to what you said about sort of the development of our our idea of love and that starts with as a girl, as a woman, as a young girl, you know, growing up in the household, it's a father figure in your life. It doesn't necessarily have to be your biological father, um, depending on different family structures. But, you know, for Ole and I's specific situations or our specific histories, um, it is our biological father. And our parents, both of our parents are split. And, you know, Ole's mother is remarried to a seemingly wonderful man. And um, I'm not so sure about her father. Is he remarried? Yeah, he is. Yeah. So yeah, my, my father's remarried. My mother, um, she's still all about her kids. She's out here living the single life, living it up, you know, but we, we do come from similar backgrounds to where our relationships with our father has been strained. Um, and I, I'm not going to get into the specifics, but, um, she's totally right. And that, and that, I don't know that, that sort of self psychoanalysis of understanding our, perception of love comes from our relationship with our father, with our parent of the opposite gender. And um, yeah, I mean, I've had to do a lot of deep soul searching and digging and sort of going to the root of my understanding of love, rom romantic love. And um, that sort of, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a full understanding of it. So it's weird that I'm bringing this up, but that sort of Oedipus complex where it's, you, you have this romantic ideal of um, a partner should be like based off of the characteristics of your opposite sex parent. And Analyze that in one of our classes. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a Shakespearean um, play, mm -hmm. but um, I find that a lot of the patterns that I have in my romantic relationships um, or the ones that have failed or the ones that have caused me heartbreak or confusion um, are because I'm choosing partners with a lot of the same characteristics of my father, because it's all I know, you know, and I, I've gotten to a point and I had this <laughs> major, major sort of um, like breakthrough. I think I like to give it the benefit of the situation as calling it a breakthrough, but with my dad to where I've had to completely shut him out and reevaluate who I am without the distraction and the lens of having him, you know, sort of dictate whatever, you know, my perspective on love. Um, and I, I've noticed like, man, like this guy had the same characteristics here and this guy's the same characteristics here. And it's like, I'm nonetheless, like at the end of the day, I'm still not getting what I need and what I want. And so you, you do have to go dig deep down and realize, okay, I have to go to the root of this. And it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of power. It takes a lot of, um, commitment to yourself, and discipline for yourself to really dig down deep into that. So I'm I'm grateful that you brought that up. I don't want to, I wanted to give a little bit of preface of that before we dug into these love letters. <laughs> I appreciate that, Em. This is exactly why I had you as a guest. And I, I think I said it to you on our call today that I think I realized, oops, sorry. I think I realized where, where my fear stemmed from. I was operating from a place of fear. And that wasn't because I felt incapable or that anything that I'd done, I'd failed at. But I was never able to fully be honest about how, I, how I'd faced hurt with my dad. So I was never really, I never stood up, to, stood up to him about how I felt he had done me wrong. 
And it was only until, I guess, recently this week where I was like, you know what? I actually want to tell you how I feel without being scared, without feeling like I'm offending you, but also being respectful. Because in my culture, respect is high up there. But I feel like even with respect, you need to respect yourself. So am I respecting myself by letting you stomp over my feelings? Maybe not, you know? And I called my mom today, not actually, two days ago. And I said, you know, mama, I am seeing a relation. I, I can see where there's a link between Papa and the guy that I dated last. Um, he'd hurt me. And I still wanted to talk to him, Em. Even after the nonsense, I still wanted to talk to him. Oh, yeah. He did. He had, oh, I don't want to get into that, but he'd done something that I didn't, I didn't tolerate. But I still found myself wanting to forgive him and stay in communication with him in spite of his disrespect. And I'd done mm. that even in my relationship with my dad, where he wouldn't apologize, but I'd still want to have him in my life. And even, I mean, my, my mom has been married for uh, the past almost 10 plus years. And just like your mom, she she chose to prioritize my brother and I all the way till she was ready to... Well, I think till I was 18. Or was it, did I just say my age? Sheesh. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. That's a social okay, construct. Who cares? Who cares? Age ain't nothing but a number, baby. So anyway... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I was saying to Em that I feel like my mom had to fit into shoes that didn't fit her. I didn't want that for mm. myself. But I needed to break that stereotype and I needed to break, heal those wounds before I now seek a partner of my own. Because it is through an, a clearer gaze that I'll be able to find the, the partner that will, will fulfill the kind of home structure that I want to see in my in my future so yeah man i don't know if you want to go right into the letters or we could you know ease into it this is easy yeah let's let's ease into it um i want to go back okay i just want to i want to bring something up that popped in my mind when you're talking about how a valuable respect is in your home culture um i just i think it's really important to understand the standard of respect too not just everybody deserves it you have to demand respect. You have to command respect and you have to deserve respect. And when it comes down to disrespecting others, that doesn't command respect. You know what I mean? Being able to put aside your pride and be selfless, that commands respect. You know, being able to listen and hear others who you perceive as being less than, that commands respect. You know what I mean? That's somebody who I would respect. You know what I mean? So one of the things that I really like to live by especially when it comes to respect um, is that the person who deserves to be respected will never, ever ask for it. You never ask to be respected. You never beg and plead to be respected. And if it's not given to you, leave, leave. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be, it could be your father. It could be your brother, your sister, your mother, best friend of 20 years. If you're not getting that respect, run, run for the hills, baby girl. You're going to figure it out on your own. Okay. <laughs> that's exactly what she knows exactly what to say when to say it um and that's exactly why you and i are so close is because i sometimes she says the words for me and i said this to you earlier there are times when i don't mm -hmm. have the words quite figured out and she just knows exactly what to say when i need to hear it or just finishes the sentence for me and i think that's a hard concept as an african to to I mean to is it harness for a lack of a better word it's it's a it's it's a very it's very well there's a thin line between respect and love in my country you know like where do you draw the line mm. between someone that doesn't respect you even when you love them and I think I mean I love the people that I love but am I loving myself by keeping someone that disrespects me if I tell you you're hurting me or if I tell you I'm not very happy with how you're treating me and you continue to feel like I'm disrespecting you, I'm going to give you an example, dude. Like, 
I don't want to actually. I don't want to put my dad on blast, so I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that, you know. But you know what, man? <laughs> Shit, maybe I'm gonna do it. I am going to do it. So there was a time I was growing up, right? And I think this is the typical story of a girl who, um, whose parents are newly separated. So I sent my dad a text, and I'd said, "You're dishonest." In my culture, that's telling your parent that they're liars. But I didn't tell him he's a liar. I said, you're dishonest. And the reason why I told him he was being dishonest was because he told me he was going to come pick me up. So here I was, this 11-year-old, got ready, got dressed, waiting for my dad the entire day, who is my hero, by the way. And I think 12 o'clock passes, 1 p.m. passes, 3 p.m. passes, this this man does not enter. So I get, said, I get my uh, my mom's phone and I send him a text. Did this man not land to come and hit me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, he hit you because you called him dishonest. <laughs> you you gonna hit me for being honest for calling out your dishonesty? You weren't born to be a doormat. You know what I'm saying? You didn't you didn't go half on me for me to bend and break at whatever your whim is. Selfish, narcissistic. Exactly. Uh-uh. But you know what? Like I said, I'm not putting this man on blast. Look at me being an apologetic about it. You even nobody knows who your father is. It's okay. Exactly. That is true. Nobody knows who he is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, no, I, I, I don't mean that in like a derogatory way. Like, nobody, you know, no, you know what I'm saying. I really didn't mean it that way. It's just like I think that we are conditioned to live in a world that we think is so big. And so vast and anybody can find out who we are and dig deep and come find us and, and, and embarrass us. That's not the case. You know what I mean? Like my pops, he has a YouTube channel with thousands, tens of thousands of subscribers. I'll still air his dirty, hairy ass out. <laughs> he knows it too. He knows it too. And that's, that's, you know, like whatever. But, um, what, like, Oh, Ooh, um, what's going on? <laughs> Somebody ca- was calling me. I don't know. Firestone something. Ah. I, nope. I don't know who the hell. 930 at night. But bye. Okay. Leave me a message if it's important. But you're right, I'm sorry. Um, y'all. Um, nobody does know who he is. And this is my story. It's my story to tell. It's my experience. And I'm hoping that in me being vulnerable, I'm allowing certain people to heal through my story. Um, I was saying to my advisor, who's also like a really, oh, I didn't say friend, but I love her anyway. Um, I was telling her for me to heal and want to help young girls like me, I need to, I need to stand up for myself. I can't be a voice for the voiceless and not voice out my opinion, you know, and I'm not going to be imprisoned by my past. I'm going to say something real fast. I actually heard something today that I've really had just sort of gnawing at the back of my mind is when you don't speak your truth and you don't communicate what's going on in any situation, whatever that you're in, you are instigating and inciting a battle internally inside. That's self-sabotage. You know, that's the opposite of self-love. When you don't speak your truth and you don't go out there and you, you don't communicate what's bothering you. Or you don't offer your two cents on whatever because of A, A, B, C, for whatever reason, you know, you're robbing yourself of growth, of peace and like internal calm. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, go ahead. No, dude, thank you for that. You basically wrapped up um, what I was saying. And I thank you for that. Like I said, um, I'm glad we're doing this, M, because I think I also needed it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Em, are you ready to read your love note? Busy putting me on pause there. Yes, 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 yes. I guess I am. I guess I am. Is there actually you need to tell me who the who the boy is? What's <laughs> I didn't know what you said. Um anyway, he was a young flame. Um he was actually, I think, six five or six years older than I was, or I am. Oh. And this was when I first started college, and this was back in 2014. So that is also an indicator of my age. But who cares? They just uh, age ain't nothing but a number, baby. <laughs> Word to Aaliyah, R.I.P. 
Um, <laughs> but no, we we met actually at my first my my first job back at home, and I'd been there my longest job even to date. And um, it was just sort of like the ingredients for a perfect storm, and not storm, but like the perfect connection. You know what I'm saying? And we worked together every day. You know, it didn't require constantly texting back and forth. It didn't require social media. You know, like it was it was authentic. It was genuine. And, you know, we just clicked. Like on site, we clicked. I remember the moment that I met him, like officially. He walked up like a, like a man. And I was rolling silverware in one of the dining rooms. And he, I'm sorry? What do you mean by like a man? Well, he, okay, so it wasn't like childish like where like one person waited for the other to introduce himself it was like my second day there I was still in my little training shirt and this is when I was working at a um, really nice high-end retirement community in Stone Mountain and um, he walked up and I was rolling silverware in one of the formal dining rooms and he's like hi nice to meet you my name is so-and-so you know and he held his hand out and it wasn't like a masculine handshake he like gently grasped my hand to where it was like draped over his, you know, almost to where like when you take someone's hand, like you kiss it, you know what I'm saying? He didn't kiss it. He wasn't that OD, but <laughs> he might as well have because I melted right there. And I, <laughs> because I had my eyes on him, he had really nice arms and he had a really nice chest. That's my weakness. But <laughs> now you're telling them so that they know how to approach you, huh? Yeah, I love a man that knows how to approach me. Seriously, because that's that's like the initial like first impression sign of respect. You know, let's go back to the whole premise of respect. It's like when you approach somebody that way, you show them, look, I respect you enough to introduce myself. You know, I think that you carry yourself in this way, whatever, and I'm going to show you that by formally introducing myself in this way. And I'd never, you know, at 18, 19 years old, I'd never been approached that way. You know, and I'm like, oh my, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. Not, not even like that. I didn't, I don't know. Anyway, so he introduced himself and then like did off, did his own thing. And we saw each other every single day. And just like our friendship really grew. And that was the, that was like the perfect premise of all of it is that the baseline, him and I were like best friends. We would go ride around and like do like just be out. You know what I'm saying? We'd go work out together. We'd go run in the park at 10 o'clock at night on like a balmy April evening. You know what I'm saying? It's like in Georgia, the weather is amazing in springtime because it's humid. It's nice. You could run around in like leggings and t-shirt. It's just, it's, it's just, it, he was there. He was always the person who I'd go do things with, you know? And after I graduated high school in 2013, um, I moved to new Orleans and I was like, I was shook up. I was misguided. I didn't have a direction to go. And I came home like, all right, well, I got to start somewhere. You know what I mean? And so he really sort of set me on track. Because being five years my senior, you know, he is 24 when we met. And I was only 19. Um, he really sort of like put me in the right direction. And this was the type of man who, who I wanted to stand up straight in his presence. I wanted to be like, dot, like crossing my T's and dotting my I's kind of person. I was like, because he, I felt seen. Similar to me and you, you know, like I was telling you, Ole, earlier that I always felt seen in your presence, you know, and that's, that's sort of alarming when you feel like you can go out and do whatever you want because you've been surrounded by people who don't get you. But when you're actually around people who get you, it's like, okay, I gotta be on, I gotta be on my game. You know what I'm saying? And that's how I felt in his presence. And I've never met anybody who I felt I, I never felt challenged, but I felt like I had to rise to the occasion in a very gentle way. And so that was sort of the premise of, of his and I's relationship. And we goofed around all the time. We would we would work out, you know, and it was wonderful because he didn't have any vices. He didn't smoke. He didn't drink. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't have this expectation of how, you know, 20s should be. He just sit, did his thing, you know, healthy. He ate right. He He's a college graduate, and I think he he also had a degree in psychology from Valdosta State, and so he got me. You know what I'm saying? And I wouldn't even attribute that to his degree, but um, he I don't know. It just he really set the standard from that point forward. Probably had a level of awareness that you didn't have at the time. Yes, and and you know I think it's always there's something to say about finding somebody that has their feet beneath themselves. So he's walking, he's, 
he's walking in purpose. And for me, that's something that I would applaud. That's something that I want to be a part of. Mm. It's, it's no shock that he is someone that you remember. And yeah, man. And thanks. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. I mean, he, he set the standard and, um, Anyway, I mean, just to give Cliff notes, we dated, I think we were together for a while and things, you know, things were really, the lines were blurred. The lines were definitely blurred. And that was my bad. You know, I was too naive to know better. Um, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, you know what I mean? But we definitely crossed the line of a friendship into romantic relationship. And, um, you know, we said, I love you to each other. We spent nights together. You know what I mean? We took trips together. And that was like my first real relationship. I don't know if you've heard that old, um, not old, but that thing going around where it's like your first love is like, oh my God, this is love. This is love. This is love. And your second love makes you realize your first love wasn't really love. And that's who he was. He was my second love that made me realize my first love really wasn't my love because I'd, I'd already had it, you know, my first boyfriend in high school. So anyway, he hung the moon in my eyes and he put the stars in the skies and, um, I just, I, I would even go so far as to say that I made him, I, I made him my God for a little bit because I really just, I loved him like deeply and totally and completely. He was my whole life and he had to leave. He had to go to the air force um, and do boot camp and everything changed after that. So that's sort of like a premise into these letters because these love letters that I have are actually from when he was at um, boot camp. He was in San Antonio or San Angelo, Texas. Um, this was many years ago. So we've, we've since moved past that. And I really haven't spoken to him for, for years, but I'll never forget him. I'm actually going to look for the quote um, that you just, you just spoke of. Yes. I think it's just, I'm going to read it out. First love. This love often happens at a young age. You eventually grow apart or call it quits over some, over silly things. When you get older, you may look back and think it wasn't love. But the truth is, it was. It was the love for what you knew it to be. Remember the different depth of love. Second love. The hard one. You get hurt in this love. The love teaches us lessons and makes us stronger. This love includes great pain, lies, betrayal, abuse, drama, and damage. But this is the one where we grow. We realize what we love about love. And we don't love about love. And what we don't love about love. Now we know the difference between good and bad humans. Now we become closed, careful, cautious, and considerate. Third love. This one comes blindly. No warning. It creeps you in. It creeps on silently. You don't go looking for this love. It comes to you. You can come up any you can put up any wall you want, but it will break down. You'll find yourself caring about that person without trying. They look nothing like the usual crush types, but you get lost in them in their eyes daily. You see beauty in their imperfections. You hide nothing from them. You want marriage, family with them. You thank the universe for them. You truly love them. I haven't experienced that yet. That's that third love? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've experienced that either, but I feel it. It's coming. It's coming. I think when you're ready. <laughs> that's true. You have to love yourself, right? That is true. And that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that and being so open. That's what I do, baby. Are you going to read me something from one of your letters or should I go? <laughs> <laughs> I want some premise on your letters. Let, let's let's hear a little bit of background story on oh, your man. letters. Oh, give us a rundown. My man at the time. Yeah, give me I'm like give us like some some I don't know, you know, some preface. Okay, um I met this guy after two very long relationships. So before him, I dated guys that I dated for a long time. And that's, that's the experience I'd come from. I had, I think at the time I thought I'd experienced my first love, my second love. And I didn't think I was at a point where I was, and I think I'd, I'd, I'd read that um, quote before. So I was like, okay, I don't know what God wants me to learn in this, in this relationship, but there has to be something. And I was conflicted because at the time I wanted to be single. I wanted to enjoy my, my, my 20s. And it was a promise I'd made to myself. And unfortunately, I went against all those promises. 
I so I went to Chicago. Now I'm telling you where he lives. <laughs> I went to Chicago um cuz you know I like Chicago. Chicago's a good time. And of course I dance as you know. So I was dancing in a circle as Africans do. <laughs> and so this guy, I think he tapped me on the shoulder or someone said someone actually said if you can dance better than that guy, I'll give you $10. I was like, "Oh, bet." <laughs> yes, my ass off for $10. <laughs> So I see the guy, and the guy turns around. I'm like, no, 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 I can't dance against that guy. <laughs> but I did anyway, so we did have a little dance-off. And I thought he was cool. He was dressed well, ooh, really well. And like I said, I knew I shouldn't be in a re- I, sh- I knew I shouldn't partake in any relationships. I was off social media at the time. And I'd even left my phone. Be- Actually, no, I, I hadn't left my phone behind, but I wasn't holding it. Another friend of mine was holding it. And so he came to me and he asked for my number. I said, no, 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 I'm not interested in things like that. But I can hook you up with one of my friends. Because I thought he was cool. I wanted to keep him in my life. But I figured if I hooked him up with my friend, I would always be able to see him. He just wouldn't be mine, you know? (laughs) Fast forward, I I take him to my friend. They talk for a little bit. I think they didn't hit it off. And he came back to me. We spoke for a little bit. And I eventually gave him my number. You know, God always tells you when not to do things and we just go against ourselves sometimes. That's fact. That's fact. You got to learn the hard way. Bro. And so um, I gave him my number and he texted me. He's like, I'm about to leave. I'm like, no, really? He's like, yeah, my Uber's outside. I'm like, all right, cool. And I said, I hope I see you next time. I didn't respond to, I think he responded and I didn't respond to his last text. And he called me the next day and we hit it off. As you know, I'm a talker, so I can talk for a while. And so was he. Actually, I think he was a good listener. And I needed that. I needed to be heard and he heard me. He didn't only hear me, he he saw me. Um, and so I was drawn to that. We continued to date this. We continued to speak, actually. Let me not, yeah, date. Because it wasn't, there was no title to it. I knew I wasn't ready for that. But I duped myself in the idea of allowing myself to be in something that that mimicked a relationship but wasn't a relationship. You know what I mean? So I gave myself, mm-hmm. and I was lying to myself, which is unfair to, to Ole. And so I made him promise to forget time. Because I could see he was he was dealing with stuff and he'd said it. So I said, okay, I want you to grow from this relationship and I want to grow too. If God is preparing you for something, I want to help solicit that. And I want you to help me in whatever area I need growth in. I think God allows certain people in your life for a reason. Sometimes it's for a season. But we need to know, we need to have the spirit of discernment to know what that looks like. And I think you can only do that after having a concrete relationship with God alone. So you are spending adequate time with God for a significant amount of time before allowing certain people into your lives. In 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 my case, um, people of the opposite sex. And so um, we continued to speak. We hit it off. He listened. He knew what to say, when to say it. He was vulnerable. He shared. He opened up. He did everything he said he wasn't able to do. So I was feeling like, well, this is good. October passed, and I think I would go and see him every now and then when I felt like school was getting hectic. He was my place to go when things weren't working out, like when I felt overwhelmed with my academics. That's where I'd go. Yeah, did I hit a spot? You hit multiple (laughs) spots because it sounds so much like my guy. So... (laughs) So, yeah, I'd go to him when I needed a break. Um, And, you know, I was enjoying it because I didn't feel like I had to share that with the world. For the first time, I was happy not sharing that with the world. I was like, hmm, I am going to enjoy this for what it is. And I remember I used to to tell him, I'm like, I I don't want to take pictures. He would take, he was very good at taking pictures. I just wanted to enjoy it. And I did, Emily. I did. And I think I didn't fall in love with him, but I fell in love with who I was at that time. And I think the hardest thing about getting over him was knowing that I gave my very best and I still lost. Mm -hmm. But I didn't lose. I gained 
a more mature Albaque. Like I was now grown after that relationship. I I didn't want to share myself physically with anybody. And that's a choice I made after before that relationship and even after that relationship. But anyway, that's I guess the premise of that relationship. I should say he was really sweet. I think we met at the wrong time and he wasn't the person for me. So I don't think timing is wrong. I I think I let him into areas of my life he shouldn't have been in and I should have known that because I felt it. And like I said, I think I would say the Holy Spirit always guides you. It's like you're conscious. It always guides you into the right steps. But we so easily ignore that and choose to take our own human steps that sometimes lead us into good lessons. Damn, I didn't know all that because that sounds very, very similar to my situation. You know, I, I want to say my situation, it's really not anymore. I haven't spoken. I want to like premise this by saying I really haven't spoken to this man in like on the phone. I haven't heard his voice for five years, four years. I, I talked I talked to him my first semester at Principia and it was no it wasn't it was um my second semester so 2017 in the springtime um so four years ago now uh February because I remember that was the last time I really spoke to him on the phone and um yeah I mean like he was my escape you know what I mean? Like he was where I ran to get away from the craziness of my life. It was just another escapism tactic, right? He, I didn't, I was always the one who wanted to take pictures and it pissed him off. I actually have a video. I still have a video <laughs> of me trying to take a video like of him and he just got mad. So I was like, why? Like, why do you do this? Why? Why? You know what I mean? <laughs> I always got off and like, kind of like agitating him a little bit. I don't know why, but I did. Anyway, um, no, I get that. I totally get that. I think that, that this guy is your second love. I think that he is your second love. And I remember telling you years ago, just like sitting in your dorm room being like, I, you know, it's been years. I still can't get over this guy. He's still like, he lingers in my mind, you know, in my heart and my soul. And it's not because of, you know, like it, it's, it's, it's more than just physical. It's so much more than just physical. There was a connection there and he made me rise to a level that I'd never been, that I've never consciously chosen to risen, rise to, you know what I mean? Like I've never um, done it for myself. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like I'm such a giver to where I have to have somebody push me to that point towards like, I want to do best for them, but how selfish of me, you know what I'm saying? Like, why can't I do the work myself to do it for myself? You know, like I, I can't put that kind of responsibility on anybody you know, including him. And that's what this whole situation or the whole relationship with him after years and years of thinking and going through all of the processes of um, why it didn't work and how I've changed and how I'm going to respond and grow from it. You know, um, I've, I've found that ultimately comes down to me in learning me and loving me, not for anybody else, because people will come along and they'll take advantage of that. They'll see that. They'll prey on that vulnerability. And they'll use it to their advantage and they'll leave you. You know, that goes back to the whole father thing. You know, I've watched my father do it with multiple women. And I can't let that happen to me. And I like to sit here and think that I'm so high and mighty with my walls and my boundaries. And ultimately, I just want to be loved too. You know, I want to love completely and wholeheartedly. And I want to be loved like that in return, but I have to do that for myself. You know, I have to provide that for myself and I can't seek that externally. Um, and that's what this whole situation with, I'm, I don't even, I, I keep wanting to say his name, but I'm not going to say his name. Um, we need to find names for these men. Um, let's call my guy TJ. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, TJ, we're going to call him TJ because it just, it, it rolls, it rolls. Anyway, I'm going to call mine Sipo. Sipo, okay. TJ and Sipo. <laughs> I mean, he's African, so I might as well, huh? All right. <laughs> um. 
You remember his name, right? No. You don't remember mine's name? I love that. But can we just say that you also thought very highly of him? I thought he was... I I fed off of your energy with him. You what? I fed off of your energy surrounding him. Ah, okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. But I hope that when I bring the next guy, the real guy now, I hope that when I do, you see him in your eyes. Yeah. Your eyes. Yeah. Not mine. And I, I think when... This is all to say when you when you find a partner, the people that love you most know you best, right? Mm-hmm. And when I bring somebody I care about to people like you, I expect that you see things I don't see. And that's why we have people that care for us. Um, as I'm growing as the tree that I am, you are not a leaf, a stem of that tree. So you need to... You need to help me not keep people in my life that shouldn't be there. And obviously that's hard. But I think you and I have been close for long enough for you to be like, okay, Ole, I don't know about this guy. We're left with 20 minutes, so we have to get into these letters. I know. I just noticed that. We only have an hour. Thank you if you're listening this far. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you guys are still listening. But yeah, we're about to get into... um, the love letters. Emily's gonna sing for you at some point. I'm kidding. I won't put. On I it. was born by the river <laughs> in a little tent. Oh, and just like the river, I've been running ever since. It's been a long, long, long time coming, but I know. Change gon' come. Oh, yes, it will. <laughs> All right, so th- there's a love letter behind that. I was down in New Orleans, um, actually back in 2018, and I was in the Hyatt Regency. I'm saying this, this specifically because if you were the person who wrote this note, I want you to come forward because I owe you because you changed everything. I was singing in my hotel room with this Hyatt, Hyatt whatever, um, by Champion Square. Uh, in New Orleans in October of 2018. <laughs> and he slid this note under my door. It's actually on my wall right here next to my face. And this is a love letter. So that it, it falls in line with the topic and the subject. It says, it's been a long, I got long time coming, but I know, oh, oh, a change is going to come. And then in all caps, it says, you have a beautiful voice with two exclamation points. Have a blessed night. Much love. And there's no signature, so I have no idea who ever wrote that. But that was a huge love letter. I'm just, I'm just in there living my best life. That was a peak moment for Emily Hewitt. Okay. And I love that. I love that letter, and I think I've heard it so many times, but it never gets old for me. And that song, I feel like that song. Every time I hear you sing it, I'm like, girl, the world needs to hear you sing. I want to, man. That wasn't even a good moment. That was just off the top, off the dome. But let's get into these love letters, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I'm going to go. I'll go first. So th- my my sequence of love letters was between August and September of 2015. And my boy, my man, he was in San Angelo at boot camp for the Air Force. Um, and him and I wrote back and forth. And I was going through some stuff at that time, like, like really heavy family stuff, which seems to never effing end i'm tired of these folks man watch you anyway <laughs> so my first letter was uh july actually of, of july 28th he left july 20 july 15th 16th i don't know 20 something of july anyway of 2015 so this was only two weeks after he had left um oh goodness so i'm sorry my microphone's jacking me up we had about seven letters in the course of six weeks. Um, so he's over here telling me about how difficult it is over there in San Angelo. And he's always been a very competitive person. He's he's a Leo. <laughs> so you can I, don't know about Leos. I think that lie. I'm kidding. I'm sorry to the, all the Leos. I'm so sorry. I was kidding. I love Leos. But there's one Leo in particular that will always have a soft spot in my heart. And um, anyway, he is very competitive. And he was like, you know, 
there are a bunch of softies in here. I'm trying to do push-ups and sit-ups. And I'm anyway, in one of the last letters, he told me that he graduated um, like top of his class in athleticism. So he's, he's a Leo Jamaican man. You can only imagine the fire that this mo- this man has. So <laughs> he, uh, this is his first letter and I'm just going to read you the last little paragraph right here. Um, and it says, you know, we're not allowed to write letters yet, but I'm here on the bathroom stall trying to sneak this right session. in. I hope they don't find this letter during inspection, but it's worth it. I'm having Emily withdraws right now. I miss you. And it feels like I've been gone forever. I could use your face rub right about now, along with other things, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I miss your face and your company and your beard pulls and my beard, period. He used to have a beard. Um, that was like my favorite part. It just, it always smelled good. You know what I'm saying? Those damn pheromones always work their magic on me. Until next time, Yen. Peace and love, AJ. Yang. <gasps> TJ. Yang. <laughs> <laughs> Loving you hurts me Loving you feels like swallowing tears I can't let you Writing to you has been something special Something I'm glad I did As you go through Wait a minute By the time you're reading this Em, I'm so confused I'm just gonna skip to where he <laughs> Writing to you has helped me realize And understand that I love you it helped me realize that it was easy. It helped me identify what I was feeling. My palms are getting sweaty. It helped me realize that I haven't stopped missing you. It helped me grow even more fond of you. It's been great. Did I mention that I miss you? Oh, I wasn't quite sure. Instead of moon emoji. You just messaged me. You bought it, your, you bought it in Frankfurt and still haven't eaten yet. LOL. Typical. I have Nando's waiting for you upon arrival. I have one big hug as well. Okay, I lied. A few big hugs. Damn it, I lied again. More than that, a few. You know what? Let's not quantify it. The hugs. Deal. It'll be a lot though. I know you'll be tired. My friend, I can't say the friend's name, so I'll say John. John was happy earlier when I when I clicked to him that that he's he's work he's off tomorrow and you're arriving today. So I guess I don't have an, a monopoly on it, on the excitement to see Ollie. Apparently, you're his friend's name. What should I say? Um, and no, it's another friend, um, Samuel. Apparently, you're Samuel's best friend too. Don't ask me. I don't know. Ask him. LOL. You're special. Your energy is beautiful, so loving, so genuine, so real, so contagious. You're really something. Everything that you are is what makes what makes you you. And what made me like you. I really do. Whatever happens, that's not going to change. I love you for that. I love you for a whole lot of reasons. Thank you, Albaco. Thank you, my baby. I'll be seeing you soon. FYI, I have the biggest grin right now. That's done. <laughs> Why are we reading these, Ole? I don't know, bro, but I, I think I got nervous because I, I haven't read them in a long time. Yeah, same. But um, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, bro. <laughs> I, how do you feel? I felt like I I was more prepared than I actually was. <laughs> you know, I really felt like I have I had stonewalled my way, um, overcome these. You know what I mean? It's, I wouldn't even say that these are devastating whatsoever, but it's just like it opens up a space and a time that I thought that I could forget and you realize when you read these letters that you can't I'll never forget these times and these these I don't know this energy that you feel from them too 
like my my life will forever be changed because I met TJ, you know, and his imprint on my life it really set the standard from from there forward. Um, it's like even even getting past like the silly little heartbreaks from little flings and fires here and there. It's just like you know what, I'll never be TJ. You know, like how like, I don't know if that's toxic. That is. Or if that's productive and constructive, I don't know. <laughs> but it helps me work through those feelings because it's like, man, they'll never hit me like TJ hit me. You know what I'm saying? Like, not even, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes. they'll never get, get deep like TJ get got deep. And it's so, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I thought that I was a lot more prepared than I was to read these letters. It's been a while. It's been a long time since I've read these, for real. It's been a long time coming, huh? It's been a long, long, long time coming. <laughs> I'm glad it ended and because now I'm on a journey of self-love. I think I knew even when I was in that relationship that I wasn't supposed to be in it. And it was a job. It was a J-O-B. I never want to have to beg someone to open up or see me or want to, want to love me. The next person I choose or the next person that God brings into my life, I hope he's ready. But um, it was nice to hear that. But like I said, I think I fell in love with the idea of him and not who he was or maybe the person he's yet to become or the person he's yet to be. He was a great guy. He, he, The love letters, I don't think I've, I've never had a guy write this many love letters to me. My first boyfriend did, but... I was more mature. Like I said, I was a different person when I received these. So because I was a different person and I was more mature, I received them differently from the 18-year-old me who received love letters. So wherever he is, I wish him well. I do wish he was more mature, which he wasn't. Um, But I almost don't remember what the letter said that I just read. That's deep. Outside is a show that focuses on the experience of the outlier, misconceptions, culture shock, and navigating your 20s as an immigrant and debunking stereotypes. Let's lift the veil. As a black woman, I feel unsafe, unheard, and fading in the background. Let's talk culture, politics, faith, and healing.